Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. To Romans chapter 12. I thought I knew what I was going to minister on today. And then I felt like the Lord dropped something else on me, so I might be preaching two sermons today. So you get two for the price of one. I want to, I want to say something as we get started this morning. Um, I wrote some of this down because I didn't want to get it wrong as I was ministering it. I, I, I think it's important for us to know that there is no more spiritual authority available to you than what you have right now. Some of you are like, wait a minute, let, let me process that for a second. There is no more spiritual authority available to you than what you have right now. And, and some of us, we say things, you know, we're like, well, you know, I, I know I'm not living up to the fullness of my spiritual potential. Is anybody in the house? Yeah, that would be I me. Mean, I, what I'm trying to say is this. How many know God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And it's, he's not a God who wants to hide himself. He actually promises, if you seek me, you will find me. Right? I've told the story before. I love to play hide and seek with, with my daughters. And um, I'm really good at hiding. I can hide and they'll never find me. The point for me isn't to stay hidden, though. Whenever, whenever they can't find me, I, I call out to them and give them hints along the way. I, I have better news than that. God isn't even hiding. God, Romans chapter 1 tells us that, that He is plainly visible in creation. It, it, and it puzzles me so many times in like, like how we can live in a world where people are like, oh, I don't think God is real. Like, well, just like Can I just bring you outside? And just, just look around for a while. Let's just think about this. Let's just think about this for a moment. Where did all this come from? It can't come from, from nothing. I would say this. God has everything available for you today. Why? Because you're his son and his daughter. That's what Ephesians tells us. You've been chosen as sons and daughters. Everything that God wants you to be is available for you today. Today. The, the issue for us is to rightly understand one who God is, 
and two, to rightly understand our identity in God. Here's the thing. You, like, oh gosh, okay. This is where I have to choose which sermon I'm going to preach right here. Which path do I head down? Um, Think about this. Imagine, okay, imagine you had a rich uncle that you never knew, and you get a letter in the mail or a phone call or something that says, hey, you had this rich uncle, and he's died, and he's left you a fortune. Merry Christmas, right? <laughs> like, please let me have that phone call. Um, but, uh, what? Well, I don't know. One that you never knew, maybe. Yeah, yeah. One that you never, we're talking about an uncle that you never knew. I'm trying to preach here. So this is what, this is the problem with having your family members in the audience while you're trying to make a point. Okay, first you'd be sad that your uncle died, that you never knew, and then you'd be excited, maybe, that you got a bunch of money. Um, But imagine, now let me make the point I was actually trying to make. Imagine never going and picking up the inheritance. Yeah. Imagine just, just being like, well, you know, I'm rich. Like, I can tell you right now, like, there's specific things I would do if I had just a little extra money. There's, there's things at the house that I would fix up. I, I might even go get a new truck. I mean, it's possible. There's things that I would do. But imagine claiming that I was rich and I had this inheritance, but never actually going and receiving the money. I saw a, a news article last week where someone had won some big lottery thing. I never win those things. I never play, but I also never win. Um, but but imagine that someone won this big sum in the lottery, but then they never went and picked it up. Like, that's, do you realize that's the state of most of the world? We are sons and daughters of the king. We're heirs, Right? We have an inheritance with God. Go read Ephesians. It tells us we are chosen as sons and daughters. We are heirs. We have this spiritual inheritance, this spiritual authority, and yet some of us just never go pick up the check. What, what I think what a lot of us struggle with, and I know it's been an issue in my life, is we, we make this... We have this thing that we treat where we try to compare ourselves to other people all the time. And I try to compare your spirituality to my spirituality and your closeness with God to my closeness with God. A- and that, that's a wrong way of looking at things. And you're saying, but yeah, but I do know that there's people around that are more spiritual than I am, that seem closer to God than I am. And that's not because any one person is better or worse than another person. All of us in here are really on a level playing field as sons and daughters of God. What we have in this room are people with varying degrees of understanding of who they are in God. All of us are working on our stuff. My heart isn't, gosh, like, my heart isn't so that, like, people think, man, you know, Drew, he's super spiritual and godly, and 
how awesome is that? No, my heart is to point you to Christ so that you can see him, so you can be more like him. So you can understand really who you are. Um, in scripture, there's this thing that happens so much of the time where God will declare your identity first and then the action comes out of that, right? And so like we see it with Abraham. God looked at Abraham. He said, Abraham, his name is Abram. He says, now I'm going to change your name to Abraham because you're going to be the father of many nations. Here's your new identity. Your new identity is father of many nations. That's who you are. Now walk in it. And the guy had no kids. Jesus, before he did one miracle, he's being baptized. Jesus. And as he comes up out of the water, the Lord speaks and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Before he'd done anything, he declared his identity first. And this morning, and I think what hangs some of us up is man, we just like, man, I don't feel spiritual. And like most of us, like we live our lives, our spiritual lives, which I don't, there's, there's really not a difference. Your life is your spiritual life. But we live our lives like our ups and downs based on the most recent struggle with sin that we had or the most recent mess up that we had. And that's what hangs over us. And what we're always trying to do is we're trying to run away from that most recent hang up, whatever it was. And for some reason, that's our identity. Our identity seems to be always trying to distance ourselves from the most recent time that we screwed up. And that's not the way God calls us. God calls us his sons and daughters. He doesn't view us based on our most recent hang-up. And across this room, there's not great Christians and bad Christians. There's, there's sons and daughters. And what the Lord wants to do is he wants to greater reveal who you are to yourself. So, here's the thing we can say. Um, it's a lie to say we can earn our way into greater spirituality or greater spiritual authority. It's a lie to think I can earn my way to be more spiritual. My daughter is my daughter. She can't earn her way to be my daughter more. It's just who she is. It's her identity. And the more she understands what being a Killingsworth is all about, the more she'll strive to be that. So, my sermon today is about fasting, one of them. The other one's about your identity. I, I, I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to wrestle with this. Because here's, and here's why I'm going to mix these two up. Because I think it's good for some of us. Because some of you are like, I have no desire to fast at all. Okay, good news for you. There's no command in the Bible explicitly saying you have to fast. Some of you just went, oh, yeah. I'm never fasting then. We'll talk about that. Um, but here's what I want to get out of the way before we even start talking about fasting. Because some of you, 
you need to hear this because I think it's going to be freeing to you. Um, if there's no way for us to earn greater favor with God, then fasting doesn't earn more favor with God. Like, God loves you. I need, to, I need God to love me more, so I'm going to fast. Or I need to be more spiritual, so I'm going to fast. Then you've missed the point even, even before um, we've even started. Can I tell you what fasting does? What fasting does is it pulls back the crutches of who we think we are to help reveal our true identity. When you fast, you feel pretty weak. When you fast, you remove stuff from life. And so, and so traditionally, we'll just talk about traditionally, when you fast, you're fasting food, right? And as you remove food from your life and you get really hungry, really, really, really hungry, you start to have thoughts. And you have to deal with, oh my goodness, I feel weak. And in that weakness, starts to come out who you really are. And, and the same goes true if we fast other things. I think it's important for some of us, especially to fast other things. Some of us physically and medically can't fast food. And I think that's important to say from the, from the word go too is, um, <coughs> I'll say two things. One, <coughs> some of you, um, like you should probably consult a doctor or somebody before you decide to go on a fast because of medical things going on in your life. That's just wisdom, right? Um, on the other hand, there's some of you is that you just decide you can't fast because, well, I get hungry. <laughs> and I, I'm just going to say, um, in the first century, in all, all through Bible times, man, the lives these people live were much harder than what we lived. Their lives were much more physically demanding than our lives are now. You can probably handle fasting, right? Unless you, you shouldn't. I, and I'll say just practically another thing. I, I never fast without telling somebody, even though we'll talk about you shouldn't be telling everybody. Um, but I, like, I almost always tell my wife, hey, I'm fasting. And that's just so that if something does happen, she can be like, hey, he was fasting, or if, if I'm on a trip or a retreat or something and I decide to fast, I'll, I'll tell someone close to me like, hey, I'm going to fast today. And it's always important, I think, to let someone know what's going on with you. Um, so if you pass out on the floor, they can't be like, oh, he's just under the spirit. I could, be, could be bad. Um, Romans chapter 12, it says this. I think I had you turn there. I'm not sure. Um, <coughs> It says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. That sounds fun. As living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I don't, I don't, if you're not familiar with sacrifices back in this time, I just want to say the result of the sacrifice would be whatever you were sacrificing would end up dead and burnt up. And he's saying to present yourself as a living sacrifice, which is talking, if we see the rest of the language of the Bible, is dying to yourself, burning up all the stuff that you think is important. So the only thing that remains is what God wants. 
It says this in verse 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. <clears throat> Fasting is all through the Bible. Um, Jesus, Daniel, Moses, Eliza. <clears throat> excuse me. I know this is all getting on the recording, too. So someone's riding around in their car right now. and They're going, oh, my gosh, dude, stop coughing in the mic. Uh, Paul, we see it in the early church. Um, fasting is, is all through Scripture. Um, and the reason I'm talking about fasting, in one sense, is because um, starting January 1st, we're, we're calling a corporate fast as a church. Um, a Daniel's fast, which we'll, we'll talk about here in just a second. But, but I think it's important to establish a few things about fasting before we jump into it so that we're not doing it for the, for the wrong reasons. Um, Isaiah 58, let's, let's actually turn to Isaiah. I think it would be important. Let me do just a little bit of teaching here. Um, and you can read a whole lot in Isaiah about this whole thing. But in Isaiah chapter 58, let's just, let's just read verses 3 through 5. It says, um, why have we fasted and you don't see it? Like, you, God, you're not, you're not watching us fast, right? Uh, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. This is the answer to this. Why, why don't? Why isn't God looking at your fast? It's because on the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure, and you oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and fight and hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself, is to bow down his head like a reed? and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? And then it goes on, um, but I'll, I'll pause there, because basically what I'm saying is, you guys are, are fasting, but basically you're just acting hangry toward each other. You're just being mean. You're doing it, but it's really just so you can look spiritual. And if we go on to read uh, the rest of this chapter... It says, the reason for your, your fast, the result of your fast, should be compassion on people around you, not a sense of self-righteousness. It should actually result in compassion to the people around you. It should result in some humility on your part. So you say, oh my goodness, I, I should actually show a little extra kindness to those around me. If we flip over to Matthew 16... We're going to jump a few places here. Matthew 16, Jesus is talking about fasting. I think it's not Matthew 16. It's not Matthew 16. It's probably Matthew 6. Yes, it's Matthew 6. In Matthew chapter 6, 
It says this, beware, in verse 1 it says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. And he starts off talking about like, like giving, like when you give, don't be like, hey everybody, look at me. I'm doing really nice things for people all the time. That's for you. Or when you pray, he says, don't get up and pray and be like, all right, everybody, I'm about to do something really spiritual. I'm going to pray. And Jesus says, no. You sh-, like, and, and there's a time for corporate prayer. There's a time to get up and pray in front of people. right? There's a time for that. But Jesus is saying, your prayer life, it should be like behind a closed door. Just you and God talking. And he actually gives a lesson and teaching on how to pray right there, which we can talk about some other time. And then in verse 16, if we skip down to verse 16, he says this, and when you fast, and let me, let me pause here. I'd like you to underline that word when. Notice he didn't say if. He said when you fast. He said do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. I'm just having a real hard time today. I'm just so hungry. Why are you hungry? You're not feeling so well? Well, I've been fasting. Aren't you spiritual? (laughs) Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But this is what it says in 17. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. He said, clean up, people. Look nice, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So, if we look in Scripture, we see times where where God calls the community to fast together. But even then, if we're calling a corporate fast as a church, it's not so that we can walk around to people from other churches and go, well, you know, forerunner. We're fasting. Our church is super spiritual. We're fasting. And can I just tell you something? A lot of churches are fasting in January. Like, a lot. I, I see it. The body of Christ takes this time as a, as a new year and say, okay, you know what? We're going to fast. We're going to take this time set aside to fast. And so we're not that spiritual. If anything, we're just status quo, which thank God. I, my heart says, thank you. Thank God that the people of God and around the world are choosing to spend the new year refocusing themselves in fasting. So why, why do we fast? What are the purposes for fasting? Well, um, there can be a, a lot of reasons we see, and in, in, uh, you don't have to go there, but in Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 16, it, it says that a purpose for fasting is repentance. Like, you know what? I've been doing things wrong. I need to change. So I'm going to fast in a spirit of repentance to say, I, I need to do things differently. And some of us, that's, that's where we are. We know maybe through 2019 we lived a life, we lived in some stuff that we shouldn't have been in, and now we say, you know what, God, I'm fasting to repent, to change my mind, to change my heart. Here's the thing about fasting. It changes you. You're not earning anything from God. You don't get extra brownie points. You're changing you by fasting. 
We see in Esther chapter 4, Esther actually asks the people around her to fast because she's about to go before the king. So a big event is coming up. And she says, you know what? I, I think as a group we need to fast and pray. And that's a lot of the times we'll see that in the New Testament a lot, is to fast and pray. So it's not just to fast and be hungry, but to fast and pray. And so there should be a season, if you're taking a day and a week and say, you know what, I'm going to fast today, you should spend a little extra time praying that day as well because the purpose is to change you to make you look more like the lord we see this in acts um, chapter 13 and 14 where they're about to uh, send men of god out and they're trying to decide okay which guys are we going to send out to go speak the word of the lord to spread the gospel and so you know what they do just before they send the guys out? They fast and they pray to make this important decision so they can hear clearly from the Lord, so they can lay hands on these guys and send them out to minister the gospel. We know in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus fasted at the beginning of his ministry. Now he fasted for 40 days. He fasted food for 40 days. You have any takers on that fast? I would definitely say you need to consult a doctor before that one. I don't even, I've never, the longest fast I've ever been on is a three-day fast. And man, it was hard. And now I don't get any benefit from it because I just bragged about it. Dang it. But we see in Mark chapter 2, the, the Pharisees, they come and they're attacking Jesus because they're saying, hey, you, John, his disciples fast, but Jesus, you, you're, you're guys, you guys aren't fasting. And he says, you know, there's a time that will come when they will fast, but it's not right now. It's not while I'm with you. And so there's, there's a lot of different kinds of fasts, lots of different types of fasts. Um, I would say that... I think the important thing to remember is, is when we're fasting is that we're not trying to uh, impress anybody else, right? And so some, there's like some people will fast everything but water, right, when they fast. as a, a complete and total fast. Um, some people will have bread. I think John Wesley, uh, the Methodist, he, he did bread and water. That was his fast. Um, a lot of times I'll just, when I fast, I fast just solid foods, but I'll still drink just whatever I can get my hands on um, for nutrients and whatnot. Um, it's still hard. It's, that's still a difficult thing. It still makes me feel like I'm dying, right? Which is kind of the point. Um, some of you, what you need to fast is, is social media. You just need to get off Facebook for a month. Get off Instagram. Shut down your Snapchat. It, it's doing you no good anyway. That some of us just need to fast screen time altogether, right? Maybe fast our TV or our Netflix or our Disney Plus or whatever we're watching. Why? Because we're setting aside things so we can understand who we really are in God, right? Remember the way we started this? That what we're trying to do is we're trying to strip down ourselves so that we can understand I'm a son of God 
And guess what? I have a lot of distractions in my life right now that are keeping me from understanding who I am. And for a lot of you, especially for those, I'd say, I wouldn't say 20 and under, but it's probably more like, I was going to say 30. It's probably like 40 and under. Well, it might just be all of us. This right here is the distraction for most of us. Uh, I had some students pull out their phones the other day and look at their screen time. I don't know if you knew this, but your phone will actually tell you how long you've been on it. They were shocked. There's no way I've been on this thing eight hours a day for the last week. What, you've been on your phone eight hours a day for the last week? People don't understand this because we just pick it up. I saw a thing yesterday that said the average teenager picks up their phone 30 times in an hour. In an hour. <laughs> what in the world? That's the average teenager, folks. I think I know what some of you need to fast. So we're all going to go out and buy you flip phones. No. The, the purpose of this is, is not so that we can appear spiritual. The purpose of this is so that we can be changed. So um, a couple of things. On, on January 19th, that's when we're going to have our Big Vision Sunday. Right? That's, that's when we're going to look at what is our mission, what is our goal as a church, so that we can push forward together, right? So we can have unified vision and heart. And, and I know some of you, you've recently joined um, us over this last year. And we're asking for anyone who calls this place home to show up on that day, just so that we can all see, hey, what are, what are we going? It's easier for all pushing in the same direction, Right? And it's not like we don't want to control your ministries. We're a very permission-giving church. We want you to go and do whatever you feel God has called you to do. And I think what you'll find is, is that you can do that within the, the, the vision of this house. Because we want to see people reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our goal. Um, the, the fast that we've decided to do as a church is the Daniel's fast. And we see that in Daniel chapter 1, and I think Daniel chapter 10 is where it talks about the Daniel's fast. And it's where Daniel fasted meats and sweets. And that's the kind of fast that we're going to attempt to do as a congregation um, in January. And uh, a time of prayer and focus so that when we show up on that January 19th, that we've been praying and fasting because what we have is a big thing coming up so that we all realize who we are in Christ, right? And so when we hear the vision of the house, which is based in the word of God, that we say, okay, my heart responds to that. I understand that. Um, I know not everyone here can fast meats and sweets. Um, some of you, you're like, well, I, I, I can't do that for medical reasons, and, and that's fine. And we're not like, don't worry, there's not a sheet we're going to be handing around saying, all right, who's fasting and who's not? And, like, I, we won't even ask you. We won't even ask you. And if, like, like, I've been really encouraging all of us to go eat together. Man, if, if we all go out and eat one Sunday in January, and I order a salad and you order a steak, I ain't judging you at all. It's not, well, I guess they've decided not to fast. No, you might be fasting something that I don't know about, something that's more meaningful to you. I, I just... 
what I need to do is remove any condemnation because we're going to inev- inevitably going to be eating in the same places at some point. And like, oh, I guess I have to, I guess I have to not eat meat for this meal because I'm eating with Pastor Drew. Um, I, I don't want you to appear spiritual. I, I, I want you to be you. I want you to be faithful what you feel like you're supposed to do. That's what this is about. And so, um, and we've made mistakes in the past. I mean, years ago when I was a teenager, we did Daniel's fast. We did it for several years, and we got really good at it to the point where we didn't even miss meat anymore. Like, oh, my gosh, we had, like, almost like a Daniel's fast recipe book. And, like, it was some of the best eating we do all year. That kind of misses the point, right, to say, oh, man, it's January. All right. Um, you shouldn't be excited about this. There's nothing exciting about this. Um, but at the same way, there's no condemnation in this. My heart and my, de- my desire, my goal as a pastor is to bring us all to a better understanding of who we are in Christ. Who are you truly in Christ? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. A couple weeks ago, I think it was a couple weeks ago, <coughs> I, um, I preached on being in the image of God. How many know you created the image of God? How many know the person next to you is created in the image of God? Yeah, for real. This is a good thing, like, to realize. How many know that knucklehead at work that you can barely stand, they were created in the image of God? The scripture tells us that the Lord is willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. That's, that's the heart of the Father. He sees people differently than we see people. And it's kind of like the way, I, the way I started this sermon today is, is we like to rank each other on a spiritual hierarchy, and that's not, that's not the way God does it. God wants you to see yourself the way he sees you. In Colossians chapter 3, this is what it says. It says, if then if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, for Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is with your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now this, this is like, okay, I get it. I'm reading this, and some of this sounds really churchy, whatever stuff right now. Uh, I'm telling you, this is the alive and active Word of God right here. And what it's saying is, and this is great, it's a great thing to read the morning that you're fasting, because you're going to feel like you're dying a little bit. What it's saying is to stop putting your mind on the things of this world and put your mind on things above. Like, that's, that's, that's why we struggle. And, and can I say again, that's, that's why, like, a while ago when I was talking about some of us view our lives as like, like we're only as good as the last bad thing we did. 
That's, that's not putting your mind on things above. That's putting your mind on death. I get it, you've messed up. So have I, right? I get it, you're jacked up. So am I. And, and can I tell you, when we're talking about doing discipleship, one of the greatest things, that's one of the most freeing things about doing discipleship is not just like trying to beat people up because they did something bad. It's to call the greatness of who God says they are out of them. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Set your mind on that, not on that. It tells us in the, in the next few verses, and we're not going to read all of them, but it's talking about putting to death all this bad and stuff that needs to die anyway and putting off the old self and, and those words. We've talked about this before. It literally means like, like putting off like dirty clothes. How many have a mudroom in their house? Does anyone have a mudroom in your house? None of us. None of us are that wealthy, right? Um, how many know what a mudroom is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a mudroom where you come in, and you can take off all the muddy junk and throw it next to the laundry and walk into the house clean. And that's what, when this verse is saying, put off the old self, that's what, it's, that's what it's talking about. It's like talking to that room and saying, okay, just get rid of it all. Just put, put it off and then put on the new self. Put on a brand new self after the image of your creator. And that's what we talked about a few weeks ago is, is the... The, the, it's talking about the knowledge of the creator, right? So, so here's how you put on the new self. You know what God looks like. That's what this verse says. You get to know what God looks like, and that's how you put on a new self. Not looking at, okay, I've really got to try to do better here. You know, not like that. It's looking at God, okay, that's what he looks like. I need to know what he looks like more and more and more. And how I do that? Through getting in the word and through prayer. And as I fast, I realize, oh my gosh, this part was me. And it helps you die. Verse 12, it says this, put on then as God's chosen ones. Can I say something? You're one of God's chosen ones. Well, I don't even believe in Jesus. You're still one of God's chosen ones. He's choosing you. He's calling you. To say yes to him. As God's chosen ones, put on holy, uh, your holy beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other. And what I want to say is, notice the way Paul started this. He didn't start this with, okay, here's the list of things you've got to do. I've got a list. You need to. Be kind, you need to show humility, you need to be meek and patient and forgiving. Here's all the things you need to do. That's not the way he started this sentence. He started this sentence with reminding you your identity. You're one of God's chosen ones. I think we get that so backwards. I've got to try to be better. I've got to try to stop doing all the bad junk. No, you've got to remember who you are. You've got to remember who you are. And can I tell you, if you think you're better than somebody else, I'm sorry, you're not. You've got to remember who they are. You've got to start seeing the people around you the same way God sees you. 
I think sometimes Christians get a bad rap of being like the whole holier than thou thing. We got to keep that in check, folks. We've got to remember, yeah, I'm one of God's chosen ones, but they're one of God's chosen ones too. Maybe they just haven't said yes to Jesus yet. Do you realize the moment they say yes to Jesus, their life can be transformed? I know some of us grew up in here, we were church kids, and we grew up, and we heard all the church things, and we just kind of, but there's other of us in here that, that we didn't even believe in God. There's other of us in here that, that we weren't serving God at all. We were the furthest thing from God. And a moment we said yes, we surrendered our life to Jesus Christ. We said, hey, you know what, I believe that you've died and that you've risen from the dead, and that you are God. And if I surrender my life to you, that you can be Savior and Lord. And in that moment, in that moment, your life changed. And you didn't desire the things you, you used to desire anymore. You didn't want to be a part of the crowds you were before. Because you understood you have a new identity. And that's in Jesus Christ. And do you realize that the Scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He, he wasn't waiting for us. Like, you really need to get it together, world, and then I'll save you. If that's not the way God is towards us, he's, he's not waiting for us to get it together before He does something great for us, then that's, that can't be the way we interact with the people around us. We have to put on, put on, the way God sees the world around us. And, and that's one of my biggest hearts for us during this time of fasting, is that while, we'll, while we're fasting, that we would start putting to death, getting rid of the junk. How many, like spring cleaning? Anyone do any spring cleaning? It's time for some spiritual spring cleaning, right? Toss out the old and really get our eyes on who Jesus is. Really get, so that we, as we fast, and as we start to feel weak, and vulnerable and humble, because that's really what it does. It really makes you feel humble. It really makes you feel vulnerable. As you go through that, you can begin to truly understand who you are in Jesus Christ. You can really begin to know that I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. And I can walk in ways that I never thought possible. I, I, I really want to come against this idea that you really got to prove yourself before God really likes you. It, I call this like, I don't know, it's like the social media syndrome. So there's this picture on Facebook um, of me and my wife standing in front of this beautiful mountain. It's from this last summer. Some of you have heard this before. We're standing in front of this beautiful mountain. We're smiling. It's a great picture. I think we got like a kabillion likes on it, right? Beautiful. What you can't see is that we're in the middle of one of the most vicious fights in our marriage. Like we were so angry with each other in that moment. Right? And then my sister, who was there with us, she's like, oh, you guys look so cute, smile. And I'm like, click, and there it is. And we see other people's social media, and we're like, oh my gosh, they just have it all together. They're so beautiful. They're so wonderful. Like, they're only posting the good parts, right? 
when we got back from vacation, someone said to me, oh my gosh, look at your vacation. It was amazing. I was like, yeah, we only posted the good parts, right? Because that's true. And you look around this room at the other Christians in the room, and you're like, oh, man. Like, what you guys don't know about each other is which one of you called me this week about issues with yourself or other people. Because we don't talk about that because it's not appropriate, right? We keep that, like, that's between us and them, right? But, but you guys don't know that. You just see, oh, man, all these really spiritual people I'm sitting next to in church. Right? We're just putting the best stuff out there. We're just putting the best stuff out there, and we get this comparison game going on, and it's so wrong. It's so of the enemy. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. God is calling you. And you don't have to earn it. And so when we're talking about, let's, let's talk about fasting. Well, let's talk about tithing or giving it an offering or, or let's talk about any of the spiritual things that we do, praying, whatever. It, it's, it, none of it is to try to earn God's affection towards us. You know, God really likes me because I've been giving a lot of money. I've been fasting a lot. I've been praying a lot. That's not the way this thing works. That's getting hold of the whole thing by the wrong end of the stick. The, what, the, what the thing is, is in a moment, in an instant, you say yes to the Lord, you confess your sins. What the scripture says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In a moment. And he says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Guys, that's infinite. The east and west are infinitely apart. And so, so what we have this, we have this God who, who doesn't want you to earn your way into being a good person. Just say yes. Like literally this morning, you can be sitting in this seat feeling crummy about something and just say, okay, Lord, I surrender it to you. I confess my sin to you. It's yours. And literally this morning, right here, right now, you're just as clean as the rest of us. It's, it's that simple. It's nothing we have to earn. It's nothing we have to prove. And we need, to, we need to have that mindset as a congregation before we go into a season of fasting. We're not here to earn anything or prove anything as a congregation. What we are is a group of people who desire. We desire our community to experience the love of Jesus in the same way we have. Some people don't understand this at all. Some people don't understand that feeling of being set free in Christ. You know, all the songs we were singing this morning about being set free, having freedom. What was that song? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Did we sing that this morning? I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what I heard this morning in my car and what I heard at church. Um, yeah, well, you're welcome. That's because I forgave you earlier for interrupting me. Um, <laughs> I realized it as I was reading it. I was like, oh, darn it. Um, but we sing about, we sing about freedom, and, and, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Guys, there's instant freedom, and the world doesn't understand this freedom. In fact, the Scripture tells us that it's foolishness to people, and so you've met some of those people who are like, like as we, as we 
talk about Christ and what we've experienced in Christ, like they're just like, yeah, I definitely, I just don't get that. It's just foolishness to them. They see people pursuing God and loving God and worshiping God, and it's just like, this is just weird to me. It's foreign. It's alien. And our goal isn't to be like, well, you're just a dummy. You don't understand. No. Our goal is like, no, no, no. This is, this is the best thing. This has radically changed my life. It's made me a new person. What it says in 2 Corinthians, if any person is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm not even the same person I was before. I'm made new. So, Zach, will you, will you come up here? It's your last. You'll go up there, not here. Yeah, go up there. Um, we'll bring you down here in a second. Um, It's very important, it's very important for us to understand our identity according to this. When, when I was in uh, Oklahoma, um, serving on a church there, our pastor, Jamie Austin, always talked about listening to the right day. How many know they say a lot of things? Well, you know what they say. They like to talk. And they will say so much stuff. And if you're, if you're not careful, you'll listen to the wrong they. And so as God reveals to you who you are in Christ, there will be other people speaking into your ear trying to say, no, that's not who you are. And, and I'll say this, sometimes you can be part of the wrong they. And I'm not just meaning you'll speak death over somebody else sometimes you'll speak it over yourself and you might not even say it out loud but you just think it gosh this is where this is the most important voice and to find people that are willing to speak this to us in love to call us into our identity so forerunner as we as we enter into a, a season of prayer and fasting coming in January, one, you need to decide as a family, because this is, this is something that your family will have to decide together, you know, like, okay, how are we going to make this work? Because there's meals to plan for, right? It's to sit down as a family and say, how, okay, what are we going to do as a family? And, and I encourage you, if you're a young person, I encourage you. Maybe in years past, you've watched your parents take part in a Daniel's fast, and you're like, that's just something the adults do. I, I encourage you to, to look at it this year and be prayerful about it. And then talk together as a family. What do you need to fast this January? Uh, we have a young lady in this church. Her birthday's in January. And... She, she fasts the sweets. So she always has to wait till February to 
celebrate her birthday. And I was like, oh, I told her, I, was like, I bet it's fine for you to just go ahead and eat cake just on your birthday. She's like, no, not okay for me. That's not what I feel like God's calling me to do. I'm like, wow, you know, that's, that's impressive from a young person. And so we let our hearts be transformed to help us realize who we really are. Will you stand with me? I'm asking as we begin to pray in January um, there's a few things I'd like you to focus your prayers on it's, it's not a long list, it's short first of all I'm going to ask that you pray for me um, like it's talking about the comparison thing it's super humbling pastoring a church um even more super humbling pastoring a church that your wife goes to because I get up and preach to you guys and she knows she knows my stuff right she knows my secrets um, she knows when I'm preaching to you guys about certain issues like oh yeah buddy you haven't got that one down yet um, but she's gracious enough to know that this is the truth of the word no matter if I've got it down or not and I know some of you Man, I feel like some of you know the word way better than me. So I, I'm, I'm asking for your prayers as the leader of this house that I'd be able to humbly walk this out before you, but lead us in a way that makes an impact on our community. My, my goal isn't necessarily to grow Forerunner House of Prayer. If if that's why you're here, you're like, man, I want to help make this church big. It's not what we're about. We're about spreading the message of Jesus Christ. Now, the more people that are in there here, the more we're going to be able to do that. But if the day ever comes where we realize that we would be more effective if we shut this place down than stayed open, then we would shut this place down if we felt like that was God was saying to us, like you would be more effective to shut it down and go into the community, we'll do that. Now he's not saying that. That's not part of what's coming up January 19th. Um, we want to be effective as a body. So second, I'm going to ask you during this season of prayers is to pray for one another, that you would all rightly understand who you are in Christ as a congregation, because God has called us together for some reason. that each one of us, yourself and the person sitting next to you, would understand who they are in Christ so they could be effective in the kingdom of God. And third, pray, and this is probably the most important part, is to pray that we will be effective in sharing the, the message of Jesus Christ to this community. That we would get divine strategies and plans of how to do that. Gone are the days of just doing events for events' sake. 
I, people come up to me all the time like, hey, we'd like you to be a part of this event. And I look at it, and if we're not careful, it's just one more Christian-y thing on a calendar. And I'm not about that. How does it impact this community with the message of Jesus Christ? That's what I'm about. And so that's why we're maybe not involved in so many of those things. Some of you guys are busy enough sharing the love of Jesus in the way that you do. So pray for, pray for me. Pray for yourself and this congregation. And pray that we would be sent out into this community in a powerful way. Can we just take a moment right now and just, just pray for this time of fasting that's coming up? Father God, I, Lord, I know you're speaking to us today, Lord. We, we're, we're saying yes, Lord, to, to fasting. But Father God, I, Lord, I pray that across this room, that each and every one of us would rightly understand our identity in you. Lord God, if there's someone in here that's, never said yes to you as Savior and Lord. Father God, I pray where they are standing, Father God, that they would surrender their life. Lord, we know, Lord, in a moment, in an instant, everything can change. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.